the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Wonderful. A very blessed morning to you, wherever you may be at this time. Like I always say, it's a joy to come your way and share fellowship with you. Happy new month also to you. And I pray that this month you see all your desires and expectations fulfilled. May everything God has packaged and programmed in this month for your life be fulfilled. In the name of Jesus, if you believe that, you can go ahead and type in the comment box a better amen. All your dreams, the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Every new month presents us with new opportunities, new blessings, new favors. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 68 verse 19, it said, Blessed be God who daily loaded us with benefits. Blessed be God who daily loaded us with benefits. Every day is loaded with great benefits. And I know that this month also, the benefits therein, you and your household shall partake of it. In Jesus' precious name. Shall we bow down our heads as we get into God's word today? Pray and ask God. And first of all, thank Him for giving you the privilege of being alive in a new month. Thank Him for seeing another month, being alive and being well in a new month. Thank Him. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We come to you with gratitude and with praise for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the gift of another month. Thank you for the gift of health and strength. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. You have blessed us with a new month and we thank you for it. We also thank you that you are once again feeding us with your word. Month after month you feed us. Thank you for your word, your package and program for us in this month. We pray that Lord you feed us to continue to grow and become all that you have us become. We honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' precious name, I pray for every viewer at this time, those who are hooked on now and those who watch thereafter, that all through this month, meet them at the point of your needs. In the mighty name of Jesus, let the sick be healed, let the afflicted be loose, and let the broken be mended. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for the jobless, that you open miracle job doors for them. In the name of Jesus, fill every life with testimony and with praise. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In the month past, we started looking at a subject on growing into spiritual maturity. And I hope to bring it to a climax in this month. You know, spiritual maturity is something that we do once we are born again. It's something we do till we get to meet the Lord. It's not something that we pursue and then we complete. It's not like going to school where you know you have gone to uh, kindergarten, you move on. You come to primary school, you move on to SHS. And then subsequently you go to the uni, you do first degree, second degree, and possibly a third degree. And then you know, I'm done with school. But you see, spiritual growth is not like that. 
is something we pursue until we meet the Lord. Why? Because the ultimate measure and ultimate standard is Christ. And in such a tall order becoming like Christ. In such a tall order becoming like Christ. The grace of God and the Holy Spirit via the word of God helps us to become more like him. The Bible says we all with open face beholding us in the glass are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of God. That's why this subject we will come to it again and again. We finish, we'll pause it. And they will come back to it again and again. Because like I told you from the very beginning of this series, this is the most important thing you can pursue. Once you give your life to Christ, the most important thing to pursue is to pursue spiritual growth and maturity. I want to continue in this one. But this one, we're still asking the question, what must I do to grow? What must I do to grow? We realize that Jesus is our pattern for spiritual growth. And as our pattern, there were things he did to grow. Last month, we looked at the fact that Jesus fed spiritually to grow. If you are going to grow spiritually, it's important that we feed spiritually. We said that Jesus fed at two levels. He fed personally and then he fed pastorally. Jesus had pastors who fed him with the word of God. And if you must grow in your spiritual work, you also need to submit to the ministry of a shepherd anointed by God with the word of God on his lips to feed you week after week so you can grow spiritually. That's why it's important that you don't just get pasted on Facebook. You need to belong to a church where you are tutored, you are watched over. The Bible said, I will set men over you. Obey them that have the rule over you for they watch over your souls. So you need to be under the ministry of a shepherd. And I pray that in this man, if you are not committed anywhere, you find a Bible-believing church, or if you are in Kumasi or around us, you can also join us in active fellowship. The Lord bless you as you make a quality decision to be planted somewhere. Amen. We are going to continue in this teaching, and in this particular month, beginning from today, we are answering the question again, what must I do to grow? What must I do to grow? Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 46 to 47 with me. What must I do to grow? Luke chapter 2, verse 46 to 47. Now, so it was after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. We said from verse 40, Jesus grew, verse 40, Jesus grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And we have been walking through the steps or the things Jesus did that helped him to grow and become all that he became. And we said that number one, he fed spiritually. He sat in the midst of the teachers and the doctors and he was fed with the word of God. And then again, sitting in the midst also means fellowship. Jesus sat in their midst, fellowshipping with them. And so what must I do to grow? In this session, we are looking at I must fellowship to grow. And this is part one. I must fellowship to grow. If you are going to grow spiritually, the kind of relationships you keep or the kind of company you keep matters. You know, life is such that we are all product of influence. People influence us one way or the other. People influence us consciously or unconsciously. And that's why the kind of people we surround ourselves with matters a lot. As far as your destiny is concerned, the people or the circle of friends and your circle of relationships are very important. 
if you are going to become all that God will have you become. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20, he said, he that walks with wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Again, Proverbs 27 verse 17, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. Like feeding, there are also two levels of fellowship. If you are going to grow spiritually, we must learn to fellowship at these two levels. The first level of fellowship is fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. I mean, God is a spirit and the Bible says, they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And no spiritual maturity has to do with becoming spiritual. Taking after the nature of our father, becoming more and more like God. And if God is spirit, then the more we fellowship with him, the greater the probability that we can become spiritual. That's why it's important that we fellowship with God. Look at Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Mark 1 35. This is Jesus. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out, departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus prayed because he longed to fellowship with his father. And I pray that the grace to stay in fellowship with God will rest upon you this man. In the name of our Lord Jesus. So that's the first level of fellowship. The second level of fellowship is fellowship with fellow believers. The fellowship with fellow believers. We need to fellowship with like-minded believers. If you are going to grow spiritually, then we have to hang out with growing Christians. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, Hebrews 10, 25. In the Amplified Version, he said, No forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as a habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. You and I are admonished, you and I are encouraged by scripture not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. You cannot grow spiritually staying at home. I have never met a healthy Christian who is not established or rooted in a local church. No. You see, you don't believe and live your Christian life alone. To believe is to belong. Once you believe in Christ, you have to belong to the family of God. That is where you receive all the support required in order to grow. You need someone to encourage you. You need somebody to stir you up. The Bible says, let us provoke one another unto love and unto good works. That's why fellowship is critical. Our fellowship does not just end at fellowshipping with God. We also need to fellowship with one another. In this service, our focus is fellowshipping with God daily. We're fellowshipping with God daily. That's what is key. We need to learn to stay in fellowship with God daily. That's the focus of this session. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. The Bible says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went and departed into a solitary place and there he prayed. Jesus grew spiritually because he made time to fellowship with his father. If you are going to grow spiritually, I want to encourage you to make time to fellowship with God daily in prayer. You cannot become like someone you don't spend time with. The ultimate measure of spiritual maturity is Christ-likeness. And hear me, nothing imparts you with the nature of God like regular fellowship with him. Nothing imparts you with the nature. The law of association states that the people we closely hang out with will become more like them. Association brings assimilation. Association brings absorption. 
The people you hang out with, you assimilate their mannerisms, you assimilate their thinking pattern, you become like them in many ways. That's why hanging out with God makes you more like God. I have never met a person who had such a close relationship with God who did not also reflect God to others. And I pray that in this month, your relationship with God will become deeper and richer like never before. In Jesus' precious name. If you believe it, go ahead and type in the comment box a big amen. Daily fellowship with God in prayer brings you to a place. Daily fellowship with God in prayer brings you to a place where his thoughts become your thoughts and his ways become your ways. Daily fellowship with God in prayer. That's what it does. And you see, you, you, you become mature when you begin to think the way God thinks and you act the way God acts. And the only way you, his thoughts can become your thoughts, his ways can become your ways. You know the book of Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8. It says, for my thoughts are not like your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. But in what way can his thoughts become our thoughts? His ways, our ways, by staying in fellowship with him. When we stay fellowship, we stay in close fellowship with God, we take after him, we begin to resemble him. You remember when Moses went on the mountain and stayed on the mountain 40 days, fellowshipping with God. When he descended, they saw his face. And they could not behold his face because the glory of God was literally on his face. And I pray that as you learn to stay in fellowship, men will see you and testify that indeed you are reflecting God in all areas of your life. In Jesus' precious name. The necessity of daily prayer. And when I talk about fellowship with God, I'm simply talking about building the habit of daily prayer. Learning to stay in fellowship consistently with God in prayer. Most people pray, but they don't pray consistently. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. When he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our father. Look at that. Jesus prayed. And he prayed, his example of prayer was so infectious that his disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. Prayer is communion with God. It's never a monologue. Prayer is not just talking to God and then going away. Prayer is talking to God and stealing your spirit to hear from God. We don't always hear from God at the end of prayer. But we must always give God the opportunity to speak to us. You may pray in the morning and God may decide to talk to you while you are in the bus going to work. And that is why it's important that your communion with God does not just end at the place of prayer. Beyond the prayer point, you must stay sensitive to the leadings and the voice of a spirit. Prayer occurs when a man talks to God and God talks back to man. That's prayer. And God calls us to habitual prayer. Prayer is only effective when it becomes a habit. When it becomes your lifestyle. Jesus had a custom of praying. A great while before day. He will rise up. He will go to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And all of us must learn to develop that habit of going into a solitary place. It could be in your hall. It could be in your washroom. It could be anywhere else. Anywhere you can have privacy and quietness. So you can fellowship with your Heavenly Father is worthy enough. 
We need to pray. The Bible says in the book of Luke 18:1, Jesus said, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, Men ought to always pray and not to faint. Men ought to pray always and not to faint. First Thessalonians 5:17. He said, Pray without ceasing. In fact, the CEV version puts it in a very interesting way. He says, verse 16, he says, Always be joyful and never stop praying. Never stop praying. You heard me. I pray that the grace of God to never stop praying will rest upon you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 12 verse 12. The CV version says. Let your hope make you glad. Be patient in time of trouble. And never stop praying. Never stop praying. This is a biblical command. It's not just a wish. It's a biblical instruction. Never stop praying. Again. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, it said, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourself. This is where we get the word devotion from. Devotion. Where you are sold out to a cause. Where you are committed to a process without backing out. And I pray that this grace will come upon you. The grace to stay ever in prayer. The grace to stay consistently on the altar of prayer. Sharing fellowship with God at all times. May that grace be your portion. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Let your hope keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. Fellowship is the primary purpose of prayer. Fellowship. That is the primary purpose of prayer. In prayer, we come to know God. We come to share intimacy with God. We get to know God at a more intimate level. Daily prayer affords us the opportunity to fellowship with God daily. It was Corey Ten Boom, the author of the book Hiding Place, who once said, Prayer is either your steering wheel or your spare tire. Prayer is either your steering wheel or your spare tire. I want to ask you this morning Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? A lot of us, we use prayer as a spare tire. We only resort to prayer when there's a crisis. Pastor Paul Enete, the pastor of the largest church presently in Nigeria, he says, in his book, Principles and Power of Prayer, he said, Prayer is not a tool for the management of crisis, but an avenue for the establishment of relationship with God. Prayer is not a tool for the management of crisis, but an avenue for the establishment of relationship with God. This is my own personal quote. Intimacy with God can never become a reality in your life without devotion to daily prayer. If you desire to be close to God, if you desire to have intimate relationship with God, I want to encourage you, build the habit of speaking to God daily. You cannot sustain any relationship without conversation. And if you are going to sustain your relationship with God and move it to a higher level, you need to learn to converse with God regularly. And that's what prayer is about. Prayer is simply conversing with God. It can be simple as saying, hello, Father, I'm here. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. All of these are short, short sentences, but they are prayer. Lord, I'm grateful. That's prayer. You are communicating with God and then having him talk back to you. Prayer is critical if you must develop intimacy with God. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 145 verse 18. He said, the Lord is now unto all them that call upon him. The New Living Translation says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Now imagine if God is close to those who call. It simply means that God is far from those who don't call. The reason why you don't sense God's presence, the reason why it looks like you are all alone by yourself in life is because you have not learned to enjoy the companion and the fellowship 
of God in prayer. When you want, when you stay in prayer or you learn to pray habitually, you always sense God so close. And I pray that in this month, you will feel and sense God as close like never before in the mighty name of Jesus. In the Lord's prayer, Jesus instructed us, if we are to pray always, we are to pray without ceasing. Then we need to learn how to pray. Because without learning how to pray, we cannot pray without ceasing and we cannot pray consistently. Most people are not able to pray consistently. And this is because they simply do not know how to pray. Some people say, oh, after a short time, all my words are finished. Well, Jesus gave us a model or a pattern that when followed, you realize that your words will never finish. In fact, if you really want to commit yourself to praying after the pattern of the Lord's Prayer, you realize that 30 minutes will not be enough for you to pray. If you are just even praying the Lord's Prayer daily, and by the Lord's Prayer, I'm not just talking about repeating it like we have come to know. That's what we want to look at briefly. We want to draw lessons from the Lord's Prayer on how to pray daily. Lessons from the Lord's Prayer on how to pray daily. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 to 13. Matthew 6, 6 to 13. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the hidden do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Verse 8. He says, therefore do not be like them. For your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Then he says in verse 9. He said, in this manner, take note, the word is in this manner, after this pattern. For some people, the Lord's Prayer is recited. Now, you need to understand that the Lord's Prayer was not given for us to recite. When I was in primary school, we used to recite it a lot. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. That's what we have come to learn. We learned it by root and we could recite it again and again. And it had no meaning and impact at all in our lives. But you know what? The Lord's prayer was not given for blind recitation. No, that's not why it was given. In fact, before Jesus even began to talk about the Lord's prayer, he says, do not use vain repetitions. Don't use vain repetitions. Don't be repeating yourself. No. When you are praying, you should not just be using vain repetition, meaningless repetitions. No. So the Lord's prayer was not just given for us to recite. Just like some people do. But the Lord's Prayer was given as a model or a pattern that we can follow in order to pray. And Jesus began to show us that pattern. He says, when you pray, in this manner therefore pray and say, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. That's where it comes from. And I'm walking you through six important guidelines for daily prayer from the Lord's Prayer. Six important guidelines from the Lord's Prayer that will help you to pray daily. The first one is praise. Prayer always begins with praise. You must learn to praise God. And listen, you must learn to come into God's court following his protocol. You see, no matter who you are, no matter your status, no matter your stature in society, if you don't learn to follow protocol, there are some doors you cannot access. Every place you go to, every church you go to, every people you associate with, there are protocols and guidelines. Every office you go, there are protocols and principles that must be followed. 
If you must have audience with whoever is the ultimate boss in the place, you need to follow protocol. And for us to have audience with God, there are biblical protocols we must follow. He said, when you pray, say, our Father, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means to sanctify. It means to honor. It means to worship. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That's where he's at from. You have not begun prayer until you have begun on the note of praise and thanksgiving. Adoration. He said, enter his gates. Some hundred enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and we are thankful to him, he can give us audience. When we come with gratitude for the many blessings God has done for us, he's able to hear us and respond to us. That's why praise is the foundation of prayer. Number two is priority. If you are going to get audience with God, we must learn to put him first in our lives. Prayer is one of those biblical mediums that helps us to put God first in our lives. If you are going to get the best of God, the first thing we need to learn is to give God first place in our lives. Until God becomes first in our lives, we cannot get the best of God. The best of God is reserved for those who give him first place in their lives. So he says, start with praise, but beyond praise, move on to prioritize God in your life. He said, say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not my will, but your will. Many are the plans in the heart of man, but the counsel of God shall stand. When you wake up in the morning, it's not about you. It's about what God will have you achieve. It's about the will of God for the day. It's about the program of God for the day. That's why you have not prayed until your prayer has taken into account God's plans and purposes for humanity and the rest of our world. So the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Prayer is a spiritual medium for aligning our priorities with God's. When your priorities are aligned with God, the best of God will always be your portion. And I pray that in this month, as you align your priorities with God in prayer, his very best shall be yours in Jesus' precious name. If you believe that, just go ahead and type in the comment box a bigger amen. The third one, having come with praise, giving priority to God, it's time to now bring your specific needs and desires before God. I want you to know that God is concerned about you. God loves you so much and he so loves you that he wants to meet every need of your life. He wants to meet every need of your life. Yes. He said, give us this day our daily bread. The daily concerns of your life, the daily cares of your life, the daily desires of your life, the daily pressures you go through. God wants to help you go through them. God wants to help you. He wants to provide strength for you. He wants to provide wisdom for you in the daily decisions you have to make. And the only way he can do that is when you come before him in prayer and you say, Father, it's a new day. I commit today into your hands. Guide my every decision. Guide my every steps. You know, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighted in his way. And I pray that as you learn to pray and commit your daily needs and desires to God, God will meet you at the point of your needs. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. The cure for anxiety is prayer. When you are able to present your needs boldly before God, it cures every anxiety. It cures every anxiety. 
casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. When you learn to cast your cares upon God, you live anxiety-free life. And in this month of September, I see you living anxiety-free. Anxiety will not have dominion over you. You'll be walking in victory and dominion every day of this month in the name of the Lord Jesus. So your father knows your needs, but is most excited when you tell him about them. That's what the Bible says. God is not ignorant about your needs. He knows all about you. He knows everything you need. But he's most excited when you come to him as a father and you bring that request before him. That's why he says, ask. Ask. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. He said, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, it shall be opened. Then he says in verse 9, Or what man is there among you? If a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And if he asks him for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil, take note of that. If you being then evil, know how to give good gift to your children. How much more shall the heavenly father give good things? You heard me. Good things. God wants to give you good things. But the question is, will you come asking for it? The Bible says in the book of Psalm 84 verse 11. The Lord God, he's a son and he's a shepherd. He will give grace and he will give glory. And no good thing would he withhold from them that walk upright. You know, prayer is an act of humility. Proud people don't pray because they don't sense their need for God. That's why God wants you to ask. It takes humility to ask. The act of asking is an act of humility. It takes a lot of humility to go to someone who you know has the things you desire and to ask him. There are many people who are lacking many things and God has placed good people around them. They have what it takes, but they are too proud to ask. No wonder the Bible says in the book of Psalm 10 verse 4, he said the wicked in the proud of his countenance will not seek after God. You see, when we fail to seek God, we are just demonstrating that we are proud. A wise man said, a day without prayer is a boast against God. I hope you are not boasting against God. I hope you don't go through the day boasting against God. Because when you don't pray, you are simply saying, God, I throw a bluff at you. I don't need you for anything. I pray that that is not the way you live your life. Because you know what? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. As we come to him in prayer, great grace is daily released upon us. And in this new week, may great grace be released upon you. In Jesus' precious name. Number four is pardon. Pardon. When we come into prayer, we have an opportunity to ask God to pardon us. The Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. The Bible says, if he is to mark iniquity, none of us can stand. In prayer, when we come into fellowship with God, his holiness envelops us. His spirit begins to throw a set light on our hearts. And like David, search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me and know my thoughts. The Bible says, forgive us as we forgive our debtors. So in prayer, one of the things that we obtain from prayer is forgiveness. You know, anytime you offend somebody and the person keeps it against you, it affects your relationship, it affects your flow with the person. God is ever willing, God is ever ready to forgive. And prayer is one of those vital avenues created by God for us to receive forgiveness and release. And I see 
that no matter whatever it is that you have done, I want you to go boldly before God. Jesus has paid the price for your forgiveness. All you need is to go boldly before God and ask him forgiveness. He knows your weakness. He knows your frailties. And he's ever willing and ready to forgive you. Don't allow Satan to bog you down. Don't allow Satan to hold you captive. God has forgiven you. Walk in the liberty of God's forgiveness. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Of course, number five is protection. Protection. And I'm using six piece. Protection. Protection. The Bible says in verse number 16. Do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from evil deliver us from evil. Listen, no matter how holy you are, you will still need deliverance from evil. Our world is full of evil. COVID-19 is out there. All kinds of sicknesses and diseases are out there. And we deal with evil people. Sometimes in our office, evil people. In the places we walk, evil people. The buses we sit in, evil people. Evil people are all around us. How else can we obtain deliverance from evil people? How can we secure our borders, our families from evil? One way we do that is through prayer. In prayer, we access God's divine protection. And mind you, before you accuse anybody as being against you, you must know that your principal enemy is a devil. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Satan sometimes can work through people, but the ultimate enemy we have to deal with is the devil. And one way we deal with him is to pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6, when he talks about the weapons of our warfare, when he was ending it, he talked about the fact that praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, sufficient unto every day are the evil thereof. Sufficient unto every day is the evil thereof. Every day is loaded with enough evil as well as enough blessings. Your ability to fellowship with God is what will determine which one shall be your portion. And I pray as you go through this new week, the grace to pray will stay with you. And you'll be shaking away every evil from your path. No evil shall come near you. You will not be victims of temptations. The Bible says, watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. You will not fall into temptation. God will order yourselves and guide you aright in the name of the Lord Jesus. Finally, it's praise. So we start with praise and we end with praise. Listen, the Bible says, For that is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. He started with praise. Hallowed be thy name. And he says the kingdom is yours. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of Christ. And we shall run with him forever and ever. That is prayer. Now imagine that this was your daily schedule in prayer. This was how you prayed every day. You spend some time thanking God. You spend some time making his will your priority. You spend some time asking for his provision for your life. You spend some time seeking his pardon. You spend some time praying for protection. And then you spend time praising him. Now listen, if you truly even did this for five, five minutes, let's assume you gave each of these points five, five minutes. That is six times five. And six times five, you know what it is. That's 30 minutes of prayer already. Already. Let's do it for 10 minutes each. That's one hour of prayer. So you see, there is so much to say to God in prayer when we learn to pray right. Praise must begin our prayer and praise must end our prayer. If your prayer must prevail with God, if your prayer must bring results, 
then thanksgiving must continue long after your prayer has ended. That's what the Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Take note, prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. The voice of thanksgiving must long be heard, must constantly and continuously be heard long after the voice of supplication and prayer has ended. That way, God guarantees answers. As you learn to pray after this pattern, I see you obtain answers. I see you becoming richer and richer in your work with God. I see you grow in your relationship with God. I see you grow into spiritual maturity. I see you become all that God will have you become. The Lord bless you and the Lord give you grace to stay in fellowship consistently and continuously through the altar of prayer. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, maybe you are watching this broadcast. You are not born again. Before you can call God your father, you have to be born again. You have to acknowledge him as father. And the only way God can become your father is when you call upon him and you submit and surrender your will to him. You want to make that decision now? I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. I admit I'm a sinner and I call upon you. Come into my life. Forgive me my sin. Be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for making me your own. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. If you pray this prayer in faith, I want you to know without a shadow of doubt, you are saved. You are now a child of God. And you have the privilege of sharing intimate fellowship with God through prayer. Go ahead and begin to pray. And I see God give you great answers like never before. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Pastor Afrakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.